Good morning, church. Good morning, church. It's good to see you. I'm grateful to be together with you again. The Lord has willed it to be. Uh, as we considered last week, one prayer that uh, I have continued to pray over myself and my family that uh, the Lord would equip us with everything good to do His will and uh, he has equipped us, allowed us to be together this morning, and I'm thankful for that. <clears throat> I want to read for us from Romans chapter 16 as we are closing in on completing another book of study together at the Fields Church. Romans 16 and verse 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Century that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Epineatus, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Adronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachus. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, Tryphena and Tryphosa. Greet the beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who is been a mother to me as well. Greet Asencritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nurus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I thank you for even uh, words like this that show us the personal nature uh, of the body of Christ even 2,000 years ago in a, a time in which churches were unable to connect with the technology that we have, and yet there were real, true, personal relationships, uh, relationships uh, that were used to build up the body of Christ. And Lord, I pray that we, uh, in these days, would use everything that we have available to us to our advantage to build up the body of Christ, the church, for your name's sake and for your glory. I ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know if you knew this or not. Graham's already laughing. But Paul, I think, could have been 
uh, working at Walmart. And this is why I say this, because what you know about Walmart is that they have greeters at Walmart. And Paul has greeted people 17-some times in this letter. Maybe Chick-fil-A. For when you go into Chick-fil-A, uh, you get greeted. Uh, even if they're busy at the, door, you know, at the counter, whatever, you walk in and you're greeted. The Apostle Paul and Sam Walton and Truett Cathy know the benefit of a greeting, uh, whether in letter or in word at one of their restaurants. And so I would, I would say that Paul is kind of the founder of this greeting ministry at, at churches that you have. You have greeters at churches, uh, greeters at Walmart, greeters at Chick-fil-A. And I want us to see how important this really is. It, this isn't just Paul's wrapping up his letter and he's kind of got to put some final touches on it and this is kind of just what you do. No, there is real intentionality here in Paul's closing words of commendation uh, and greeting. And yes, I know some of you are thinking, why not just skip over this? I mean, the names are great. It's kind of like a genealogy, isn't it, Casey? It really is. But let me read to you a challenging quote uh, from Chrysostom in uh, the late 300s, maybe the early 400s. He was an early church father appointed as the Archbishop of Constantinople. And he says this about this passage. I think that many, even of those who have the appearance of being extremely good men, hasten over this part of the epistle as superfluous. Yet, the gold founders people the gold founders people are careful even about the little fragments he says it is possible even from bare names to find great treasure and i think that's abundantly true uh, about this passage though we might often in our bible reading skip over uh, or read quickly through this especially because we don't know how to pronounce the names uh, it is important to consider um, some of the names, but even more so what is said about these individuals. Paul has, in this closing section of Romans in 15 and 16, um, encouraged the people with the gospel again. He has um, said that his hope and desire was to get the gospel to places that have never heard, and he invited those who he was writing to, to join him in that work by striving with them in prayer. Something that we asked you to do for us as we were attempting to take the gospel to um, students and community in Latvia, uh, asking you to strive in prayer for us. And we believe the Lord heard your prayers, answered, answered your prayers, and many uh, came to faith in Christ and are aiming to follow Christ more closely because of that. And that was Paul's hope. And yet we get to this section where it's uh, characterized by such great personal relationships. And, and if I want you to know something at the end of our time together, it's this, that our commendations 
uh, as we'll see in 1 and 2, and our greetings, as we'll see in 3 through 16, within the body of Christ ought to build one another up for the glory of God and the sake of His church. Our commendations of one another, our words about one another, our greetings to one another um, ought to build up the body of Christ for the sake of God's glory and His church around the world. And so if you're taking notes under that heading and under that theme and that idea this morning, really just two points. The first one's in one and two, and my charge, uh, our hope for us as a church is that we would find ways to commend one another's work for the Lord. This is what Paul does for a specific sister in Christ. He commends her, and he commends her work in the Lord. Look in chapter 16 and verse 1. Paul says, I commend, I uh, affirm, I put before you uh, our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Centre, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. We don't know uh, much more than this about Phoebe, um, but Paul knew her well, well enough to um, entrust her likely with the delivering of this letter to the Romans to be carried from the area of Greece to, um, to Rome itself. Paul entrusted Phoebe a a sister in the Lord, a servant in the Lord, a saint in the Lord, a patron uh, of the Lord and of, of many others as well. Consider um, what, what Paul was doing here. An important job in the first century, a dangerous job, one of um, making that sort of trip, but one that he entrusted this letter to to be delivered to the church at Rome. And it's so dangerous that in in those days, uh, Paul was um, giving her a commendation, uh, one in which she should be affirmed to be able to carry a letter like this so that she could travel, so that she would be accepted by the believers in Rome, for they didn't know her. And so she had this commendation letter. And this was important uh, in that day and age. In fact, it was important on our trip just a couple weeks ago. Uh, as we were traveling internationally, going through customs at different times and in different places, and I was doing my best to steward our entire team and let everybody go through first, uh, which meant that I would go through uh, last at different times, uh, especially Beth I just, and Olivia. I just didn't want them to get left behind. And so uh, letting them go through and just kind of waiting along the side and as some of the last of us were going through and getting called up to customs, I went to this wonderfully nice man, and he was asking me some questions about where I was from and where I was going, and uh, looking at different passports, asking me a couple different questions about what we were going to be doing there, 
And as I'm standing there, and if, as they've called, you know, different people up at different times, you know, like, all of our people are just going right through. You know, just like, no questions asked, just stamp on the passport, just going right through. And I'm standing there watching them go through, and, and you know, he's looking at different things on his computer, and like, yep, I'm, I'm with them. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't matter. I'm with them. Do you have any letter from the place that you're going to show me that you, they actually want you to come to this place? And I've traveled with letters like that to other places in Asia and in Africa and different places, but didn't think I would need this on this kind of a trip. So there I go, looking through my email to find some email from Ingana to be able to show something about Latvia and Tulsi Christian School and was able to show it that I have a commendation, an invitation to be able to come to this country of which... He let me go through, and we get on the other side, and everyone's like, what happened, what happened? And so you can see, not only in Paul's day and age, how much more important that was, but even still, a, a letter of recommendation. Uh, think about those of you who have applied for different jobs, um, asking your boss for a letter of recommendation or somebody that uh, loves and trusts you. In fact, um, some might even say that your letter of recommendation may be more important than your actual resume, you're more important than your actual degree, uh, more important than your last job that you did. Your letter of recommendation could be everything. And so Paul has commended Phoebe. And, and just consider how he's commended her. Uh, in a, a day in which women would not, seen, not be seen in the culture uh, as having the value that we see, uh, not only more in our culture, increasingly in our culture, but as we see and has, have always seen in our church, commends her as a sister, a, a sibling of Paul, the apostle, uh, uh, one who is equal in Christ, sees her as a saint, a word that unfortunately now we give to you know, some upper echelon Christians, but one in the New Testament and biblically is used of all believers, and yet they are saints, holy. Paul is saying this woman, because of her faith in Jesus Christ, is holy, set apart, special. Uh, she is a, uh, not only a, a sister, but uh, a saint. She's a patron, one who has supported and helped. But I think the most descriptive word of her is a servant, uh, she is described as a servant, and this wasn't meant in a derogatory word, saying that she was simply one who served others and was lower down on the totem pole. This was actually a high calling. Uh, in fact, the word for servant that is used here is the feminine form of the word where we get deacon from. Uh, so she was essentially a deaconess in the local church at Centre, which is the port of outside of Corinth. Uh, she was one who had willingly given her life uh, and given her time and her efforts and her gifts and her talents and her money to serve others who were in need in her local church. This is just one of the reasons uh, of many of which we at this church affirm not only male but female deacons in our church, those who are gifted, called, and equipped by God to serve and help meet the needs of 
uh, people in our church, people in our community, to help pastors be able to uh, focus on the ministry of prayer and the Word as they were in Acts chapter 6. And Phoebe seems to be a, a deaconess in her local church, and Paul commends her highly uh, and urges the church at Rome to do two things, welcome and help. Paul urges based on his recommendation that they welcome her as Paul challenged uh, the church at Rome to be a welcoming church to Jew and Gentile, to man and woman, slave and free. Welcome those who are in Christ. He urged them to welcome her as she traveled from Corinth to Rome with this letter to take her in as a sister in Christ, one of their own. But he also encourages them to uh, welcome her in the Lord, but also to help her uh, and to provide any need that she may have. Why? For she has been a patron of many and myself as well. She's met Paul's needs and some of the needs of others in and around the church at Corinth. And now Paul's encouraging the church at Rome to meet her needs. As she's done this in the past for others, now might they do that for her in this time. So they're to take her in as one of their own. They're to meet her needs after a long trip and to serve her, uh, to feed her, to house her uh, until she can find a place or make her trip back home. And this is how we ought to uh, look and treat others in our church and others who are not in our church but are still nevertheless in the Lord and working for the Lord. We ought to find ways, as Paul did of Phoebe, to commend one another and one another's work for the Lord. This ought to be what we think about uh, even when we're talking behind someone's back. Not thinking about things that we ought to say that would tear them down, but things that would build them up. We ought to be able to, as my mom always used to say, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Well, there might be times where you may not be able to say anything nice and actually have to say something. That's not necessarily always true, Mom. She's not here, or she's over there. But nevertheless, we ought to be able to build up more so than we tear down. Uh, we ought to be able to build one another up behind their back. We ought to be able to recommend uh, and commend one another's work in the Lord, encouraging them, but also encouraging others. Think about the church at Rome as they're reading these things, and the Apostle Paul is giving his recommendation of her because of these things. Would, it, would that not then inspire them to be that same kind of person, uh, a sister, a brother in the Lord, a saint one who is set apart and looks different from the rest of the culture around. One who's a servant. One who's willing to lay everything down for the sake of the Lord and the church. One who's a patron, a supporter. If Paul's recommending Phoebe who's done these things, would not that church at Rome aim to live that type of life as well? And I think the same should be true of us. That we ought to be a, a people worthy of commending a people worthy of a letter of recommendation like this, uh, or when you do need a letter of recommendation. As I have a 
large folder full of saved letters of recommendations over the years from high school students going to college or you know, people joining clubs or people for jobs or this, that, or the other. When you email Brian and are looking for a letter of recommendation, I hope that you've done the, the work that it, it takes to live out your faith and to be obedient, to make it easy on your pastor to write you a letter of recommendation. Uh, I'll do my best to find some kind words to build you up and to speak kindly, but I have to speak truthfully. And uh, Paul was no doubt speaking truthfully. He wasn't just um, speaking empty words. He was speaking serious, sincere words of his sister in Christ, Phoebe, there. And so we ought to be able to do the same, to commend one another's work for the Lord. But secondly, and more largely according to uh, text of Scripture here, we need to make time to greet one another in the Lord. We ought to be able to find ways to commend one another's work for the Lord, but we also need to make time to greet one another in the Lord. Think about, think about this. One out of 16 chapters of Romans is devoted to greetings. I mean, you think about the riches in the, the book of Romans, and yet one-sixteenth of this entire book is devoted to personal greetings of the apostle um, to the church or of the church uh, to the apostle. So, uh, if it was worth Paul's time to consider those whom he would greet in closing down this letter, wouldn't it be worth us um, not just... Um, you know, when we happen to have the time to send greetings to one another, but making time to send personal greetings to uh, those who are in the Lord. Now, when you read a section of Scripture like this, obviously some people are more known than others. And we could read through here and consider some of the, the histories of some of these uh, individuals um, and we'll do that. But as we're doing that, and what I'll focus on in the end is really, I think, the more important thing is uh, what kinds of people are these people whom Paul is greeting? Uh, not just who they are, but what kind of, of people are they? Uh, a couple specific individuals that, that may stick out as Paul is, is giving greetings um, he's welcoming them. He's, uh, in, in word means to embrace or in, enfold in the arms. It would be similar to um, one of you about to go, uh, you know, later this week to work, and for me to say, hey, you know, you know, co-worker so-and-so, hey, tell them I said hey. Or you see somebody who is going to see somebody else you know and be like, hey, give them a hug for me. Uh, send that type of greetings. Give them, tell them I said hello. Tell them I'm thinking about them. Tell them I pray for them. You know, it's that type of greeting that Paul is, is, is giving here. Uh, telling Phoebe to, um, and, and the church to greet these people, to embrace them in a loving way. A couple of people that stand out. Uh, first might be in verse 3, greet 
Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks. And Paul writes that emphatically in the Greek. And I think it's neat that he gives that personal touch there. They risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Um, Prisca here, uh, Priscilla in other places, and Aquila were um, somebody that Paul met on his missionary journey. And uh, Aquila was from Pontus, which was on the south shore of the Black Sea. Uh, Priscilla was from Italy, and um, having been married there, um, they were likely living uh, during a time when uh, the Jews were kicked out of Rome and out of Italy, and so they left there, and on their travels they met Paul, and they happened to be of the same uh, trade, that being of tent making, and so Paul began to work alongside them to, uh, pre- to be able to provide for his needs on these missionary journeys. Uh, and so you can imagine the kind of conversations they had uh, around work, but also regarding the Lord and church and things like that. Uh, in fact, uh, in Acts chapter uh, 18 and, and Acts chapter 19, Uh, Their story is being described. They actually helped Apollos to understand the things of the Lord more clearly. Uh, They hosted church in their home uh, in in probably multiple different places, uh, in in, in multiple different countries, as Paul is encouraging them to greet the church that is in their house now as well. Um, they were important uh, to Paul. They were important workers. They likely risked their necks for Paul in a, uh, uh, when Paul was in Ephesus and a riot was breaking out and Paul wanted to go out there in the midst of the riot and proclaim the gospels and many of those, the gospel and many of those around him urged him not to, to do so and engaged uh, themselves in that riot to uh, calm it down and, and things like that. That may be the situation that Paul is considering, or maybe there was another one, t- another time in which they risked their necks, uh, or another way in which they risked their, their necks. Nevertheless, Paul is sending his greetings to them as they likely got to go back to, to Rome and to be able to have their home and are already hosting a, a church uh, there. Paul loves them deeply. Uh, Paul cares about them and is sending his greetings to this, uh, this, this couple who has, he's worked alongside, served alongside, who has helped the church in encouraging Apollos, who's hosted the church in multiple different places. He sends them his personal greetings first and foremost. There's couple others, uh, one whom don't know necessarily a, a ton about, but it's worth noting, Aristobulus, uh, and also following him um, are two, uh, Narcissus, are two likely governmental leaders. Aristobulus was likely the grandson of Herod the Great, 
maybe even a friend of Emperor Claudius who kicked out all the Jews out of Rome during that time. And Paul is not specifically name-dropping here for sake of name-dropping by saying somebody high and mighty and important in these greetings in hopes that the church would receive some sort of favor or anything like that. But in a way, greeting those who are in the Lord in their family. Greeting the house of Aristobulus and the house of Narcissus, uh, those who are known to the church at Rome, even if their family members who are in Christ are not known. And so Paul sends greetings to you know, two who may themselves, may not be Christians themselves, and yet is greeting those who are Christians in their family. Uh, trying to put a personal touch on it there. Uh, Andronicus and Junia are commented as being well known to the apostles. Uh, and even in some translations, um, called themselves messengers or having an apostolic sense in their ministry. We could note that these two were probably faithful missionaries who were taking the gospel to uh, places where it had yet to be heard like Paul was aiming to do. Uh, There was another one that might be worth noting, Rufus. Uh, Rufus um, is mentioned in... Mark chapter 15, verse 21. And there, it says of Jesus on His way to being crucified that they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry His cross. The thought is, is that Mark being a disciple of Peter, writing his gospel, likely for the Roman church, would have mentioned Simon of Cyrene being the father of Alexander and Rufus because the Roman church knew Alexander and Rufus. And so if these two Rufuses are the same, then this might be the son of of the Father who carried the cross of Christ. Uh, consider the, uh, the impact that that would have had on this, this follower of Jesus uh, during that time. And Mark sends his greetings to him. And there's more that we could say about some individuals. You could dive deeper into even some of these names. But as I read them, I wonder if there were phrases. I wonder... I wonder if there were a word or two that that stood out to you that was repeated throughout the uh, verse 3 through 16. If if I were to do the hard work of reading that passage again to you, or you would do the the good work of reading it later this afternoon, what you're going to see in there, uh, I think, over and over, is a couple different phrases. One is that of being in the Lord, or in Christ, or chosen in the Lord. The other one is going to be a worker for the Lord, a fellow worker, or one who worked for the church. 
You're going to see those phrases over and over. Those are the things that I want to highlight here as we are uh, look, reading Paul's greetings as he has sought to make time to greet one another in the Lord, uh, greet those who are working for the Lord, we too want to follow suit. And what uh, these people that Paul are, is greeting in the closing of this letter are those who are in the Lord and those who are working for the Lord. So consider in the Lord. We look at verse 5. Look, look, in, look in your Bibles at verse 5 as I read this one. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Epineatus, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. He's in Christ there. We could look at verse 7. Greet Adronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Or verse 8, uh, Ampliatus, my beloved, who is what? In the Lord. We look at verse 10, Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Uh, or uh, verse 11, my kinsman Herodian, greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. And then just lastly in verse 13, Rufus chosen in the Lord, and also his mother, who's been a mother to me as well. The kind of people that Paul is greeting are those who are in the Lord, in Christ, brothers and sisters through faith in Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I understand, I think, what Paul is getting at if I consider my 41, almost 42 years of life, when I think about those people whom uh, I intentionally am uh, writing emails to or intentionally sending texts to year after year, even though I may not see them. Uh, you think about it, Paul um, is writing to a church that he'd never, he didn't plant, that he'd never been to, that he'd never seen, uh, and yet individuals whom uh, he's come to meet on his own journeys who have traveled to other places or those whom um, he has interacted with in, in another way. Um, who are those people that I still am interacting with? I can think back to elementary school, junior high, and high school. You could maybe do the same. Who, who are those individuals that I am still talking with? Uh, well, one of them to my wife <laughs> from high school. Uh, Lord willing, got to marry my high school sweetheart. She's in the Lord, though, and I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful to have the opportunity to do life with her. But who are those other brothers, especially from, from high school, that I'm still connected with, that I'm reaching out to? It, it's not the guys that I spent hours with on the football field um, in in hard work and in crude joking. It's those brothers whom I set around the table of our discipler eating meals and talking about Christ and being challenged in the Word of God. In fact, I didn't know one of those brothers had moved back to uh, the area a couple, uh, a year, a little bit more ago and began to pastor a church locally and uh, one of my other brothers who discipled a group of us told me that, and I said, I didn't know that. I'm, 
I'll reach out to him. So we ended up having this ad hoc lunch together uh, of brothers who were in the Lord. And as soon as we sat down with one another, we were able to say, uh, what's God teaching you? What's God doing in your life? What, what have you been learning? It was immediately an in-depth conversation because we knew enough about one another, having stayed in connection with one another, that we were, our friendship was based on our relationship with the Lord, that our continued relationship was based on our faith in Jesus Christ. And we were able to jump in right there. The same is true of people in college. Uh, I was blessed to live with uh, seven other godly men who all are aiming to follow the Lord still to this day, praise the Lord. And, and it's very easy to reach out to them at one time or the other. And yes, talk about good Aggie football and, and bad Aggie football uh, and house antics from college, but also to be able to, uh, at a drop of a hat, be able to ask how one another are doing in the Lord. You think back. Uh, think back to your relationships uh, are not some of the sweetest ones. Those that continue uh, over many years, even over decades, those that are, were in depth and in the Lord, uh, which are the ones that you are most thankful for? Uh, those likely that uh, are in Christ and still in Christ and in the Lord. And so Paul, when he's writing these greetings, they're not just to anyone. They're to those who are one with Him in Christ, in faith. And we ought to make time to encourage brothers and sisters who have had an impact on our lives and our journey to Christ, uh, as Paul did, uh, to some who served Him and uh, met His needs, to some who were like a mother to Him, to some who uh, were with him in hard seasons to some who worked alongside him. We ought to be able to do the same thing. Make time, Christian, to greet those, to send greetings to those who have helped you in your walk with the Lord, whom you've walked alongside of in the Lord. Do it this week. Do it this afternoon as you uh, normally take a nap. Might you not take a nap and make, make time this day to send greetings to those individuals, brothers or sisters in Christ, and tell them what they mean to you because uh, of their relationship in the Lord. Ask them how they're doing that. Encourage them in that. Challenge them in them. Ask them for encouragement and challenge in those areas. Um, Paul understood what, what family really meant. Paul understood that the spiritual family was even more important than his physical family. He understood what Jesus understood and made note of in Luke chapter 8. In verse 19 and 21, it says of Jesus that then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was, t uh, and he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you, but he answered them, my mother and my brothers, my brothers and sisters, if you will, my siblings, those in, the family, in my family are those who hear the word of God and do it, those who are in the Lord, uh, and especially those of you who have had hard family situations, 
how sweet the family of God has become to you. Those who are in the Lord to become your family. Uh, some of us with more healthy fam- biological families uh, sometimes take that for granted. And yet we need to press in um, to those relationships that are in the Lord. The second thing that we see in this diverse group of, of people uh, is their unity not only in the Lord, but their unity of working for the Lord. Uh, we consider a group like this, um, a group that included Jews and Gentiles, men and women, rich and poor, likely slave and free, even in uh, these greetings here. And yet they were unified not only by being in the Lord, but by their faithful work for the Lord. So consider a couple verses like we did in the Lord. Consider uh, again in in verse 3, Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ. Or consider verse 6, greet Mary who has worked hard for you. Going on in verse 7, Adronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They they, uh, were imprisoned for their faith either with Paul or like Paul, they were prisoners themselves. Verse 9, Urbanus, our fellow worker, uh, or verse 12, though, greet those workers. Paul uh, notices something in his greeting specific individuals, not only because they're in the Lord through faith in Jesus Christ, but they've given much for the work for the Lord. And Paul sends special greetings to some of those individuals, encouraging them to continue in that work, saying it's worthy work, saying that he too is doing the same thing, giving himself for that kind of work. And we ought to, as I said earlier, give thanks, send greetings to those who have worked for the Lord for our benefit or for others' benefits. When we see people working for the Lord to send encouragement and and a kind word and an encouraging word to them so that they might continue to do those things. Paul trusted that this would be encouraging for those and a way of saying thanks to them, even if Paul was not the one receiving the benefit of their work for the Lord. Notice Paul here is writing a letter to a church that he didn't start, to a church that he had never pastored, to a church that he had never visited, to encouraging them to live in such a way that would not benefit him, likely, unless he gets to Rome, which is his hope and is his desire and turns out to be the Lord's will. He has a big view Uh, of God. He has a big view of Christ and the gospel. He has a big view of church. He doesn't, you know, name all of his churches, you know, Paul's church in this city, Paul's church in this place, because he knows it's God's church. It's Christ's church. He doesn't want to be known for that. And and in fact, he gives so much of his life for building up 
churches that will plant other churches along the way. He has a big view of that. And we, as a church, we want to have that same uh, heart, that same mentality, knowing that we're in, in the area of Arlington and Mansfield creeping on, you know, near four to 500,000 people in this area. And our church is not going to be enough for all of those people. Even the churches that we have now are not enough for if everyone was convicted by the Lord to attend this very day, this Lord's Day, to worship Christ, there wouldn't be enough places for them. Uh, and we need more church planters. We need more faithful um, members sharing the gospel, seeing uh, people come to know the Lord. We want to encourage churches like that. We want to encourage pastors like that. And so I'm thankful to be a part of this church that is funded and, and helped to create encouragement for other faithful brothers in Christ monthly to encourage them and to send your greetings through my hands and others' hands to encourage them in that work. You're a part of that, uh, sending greetings to other churches, other pastors. But we can do that in other ways as well, sending greetings to people who are doing good work for the Lord in our city, um, people that you know, in our state, in our country, um, people that are doing good work for the Lord uh, around the world. Another nod to sending greetings to our missionaries, especially those, that, the, those handful that we support uh, as a church, but especially, also others that, uh, that are not as close to our, our church specifically, but that you happen to know. It's worth making time to send greetings to those who are both in the Lord and those who are working for the Lord. For we know what it has meant to us when we receive those kind greetings, those kind words, those notes of encouragement, uh, those notes uh, of this is what you've meant to me thus far. I've got a folder of them at my house and a file on my computer of kind words of greetings from individuals, some of you at different times uh, in different places, and what they've meant to me. Uh, I trust these people feel the same way about Paul's words to them. Might we, this week, um, make application to send those kinds of kind, kind words and kind greetings? Uh, and Paul says uh, to greet those in all the church, all the saints who are with them in all the churches, and to greet one another with a holy kiss, uh, of which Graham noted to me the Greek for holy kiss is a side hug. Uh, if you didn't know that or not, you'll have to follow up with Graham. He can give you the details about that. But he noted that this week to me. And it likely is true um, that in their culture, that was uh, a respectful way to greet one another and to embrace. And yet, for our culture, we have moved towards the side hug. Uh, and in COVID days, the uh, COVID elbow or whatever it is. So whatever ways that you feel comfortable greeting, whatever ways others feel comfortable greeting, uh, greet one another. Im that word to greet literally does mean to embrace and envelop in one's arms. So find ways 
even if you can't do it physically, to envelop one another in your arms, especially those who are in the arms of Christ, especially those who are working to see others enveloped in the arms of Christ. Uh, this is what we are to be, be about. Let's find ways to do this. Let's uh, find um, ways to commend our brothers and sisters in Christ for who they are, for who God has made them, for what they're doing. Now let's find time. Let's make, let's not find it, let's make time uh, to send greetings to those who are in the Lord. This is uh, so practical for us as a church, for us as Christians, considering how to live a, a, a different type of passage out. But what's the application for you if you're not in that family that Jesus Christ described? What if you're not among that family who have heard the word of the Lord and obeyed it? obeyed Christ's words himself to repent and believe? What if, according to Jesus' words, you're not a part of his family, for you have not repented and believed? I think the application is simple and from Christ himself. Be a part of his family. Care about the being a part of the family that Christ cares most about. Uh, repent. And believe, hear the word of the Lord and do it and follow it. And I, I don't want to promise, but I will say I and this church will do our best to welcome you in the way that Paul commended the Roman church to welcome Phoebe. And we will greet you with open arms uh, as you are now our brother and sister in Christ. Let's pray. Father, would you help us? to be faithful in these things as Paul was faithful, to commend one another, to build one another up for your name's sake and for your church's sake. For we know that nothing is given the promise like your church, that nothing will tear your church down, that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. And so we can be confident that our work to build up uh, the church here is worthwhile, not only in this life, but in the life to come. And so help us to uh, commend one another in building up the church. Help us to make time to greet and to embrace one another in specific ways, those who are in the Lord, those who are working for the Lord. Lord, may we especially do that for those who come to faith, who repent and believe and trust Christ alone to save them from their sins. May we be the first to welcome them in the Lord. May we be the first to greet them in the Lord and to show them what it means to be a part of the family of God, sons and daughters of the Lord, brothers and sisters of Christ Jesus and Himself. Lord, help us to live this faithfully this week, reaching out as you lead us and guide us and direct us by your word and by your spirit. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.